have I got a story for you. It's about a guy who, despite a potentially bright future in business, realized he couldn't spend his life choosing numbers over people, and he made the simple choice to work in a field where people were the priority. And speaking of simple choices, today's show is brought to you by the simplicity of the screwdriver. Yes, screwdrivers are today's sponsor. Look, the internet cannot decide on how many different types there are. Go ahead and Google it. I had to, and I was amazed at the evolution of this object. Phillips, flathead, hex key, slotted, torx. I could keep going, or I could just take a moment and appreciate the simplicity of screwing a screw when you got the right tool, the screwdriver. Let's be real. We constantly take this historical innovation for granted. I mean, has there been another Canadian invention that's done more for our American society since basketball? I doubt it. This stops today, America. Pause. Celebrate this national treasure by tightening up that deck furniture or creaky dining room chair. You'll feel safer and sturdier thanks to the screwdriver. So go ahead. Grab one out of your junk drawer. Walk around the house and see what you can screw with it. We are also brought to you by the Getting to Know You pod. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Search Getting to Know You pod. That's getting, the number two, no, the letter U, pod. <laughs> and now, Getting to Know You. I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to like you, getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. Getting to know you, putting it my way, but nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely. And doggone it. My cup of tea. On today's show, we are getting to know me. Or more about me, thanks to the social distancing caused by the coronavirus. Um, I have zero experience in anything related to podcasting. I guess I'm about two episodes deep now. Hopefully this one will be the third. And I haven't quite figured out how to use FaceTime into the GarageBand to post. Um, I'm going to work on it. <laughs> and when I do, hopefully I can hear people's stories through that modality mean median um but until then kind of stuck with my stories so today i figured that i would share my story of how i decided to become a teacher i grew up i guess not grow up but i did i grew up um working in restaurants I think I started bussing tables when I was about 14 or 15 years old. And uh, actually, very first job was as a dishwasher at a little place in Lewis. Um, I think I begged the guy for a shift because I could ride my bike down there. I didn't have to get on the highway and thought it was safer. Always heard about restaurants being good money. And I'm in the back doing dishes. And man, like just the pots. <laughs> Just the pots, the pans, the stuff that gets fried. 
aside from the fact that it's like a hand washing of cups and plates like i was actually the dishwasher not the guy who loaded the dishes into the dishwasher but i was that guy or that kid and man it was i think i got one shift probably like a saturday morning i had to be there freaking 6 a.m work till like two or three then you wait a week you get your paycheck and i'm like dude it's 25 dollars <laughs> So I worked all day and I get $25 and I was like, yeah, you did a pretty good job. Why don't you come on back in a week and maybe we'll uh, get two shifts for you. And I'm like, so I can earn $50 for two days. I was like, man, nuts to that. <laughs> um, but then I got uh, to busting tables at this crab place and man, talk about some great easy money. You're running around, everything's on like brown paper, you just throw a trash can at the end of the table, you crumple it up, you throw it in there, you wipe it down. I mean like, sweet. And there is nothing, I don't care what you are, but as a young man, there is nothing more addicting than just putting straight cash money in your hand at the end of a shift. And I think part of what I liked about busing was it was like your effort was immediately rewarded with money <laughs> through people and people would be like man you know you're rolling and the harder you worked the less other bussers that were needed or waiters would um throw you a little extra cash to make sure that their um, tables got flipped so that if it was busy you know they could keep getting customers and so i'm growing up waiting tables i go um, from a crab restaurant to more of a fine dining place and I'm just understanding this business aspect. I'm starting to understand how money's made, where money's lost. Even as a young kid, like I could realize like, oh, um, the more people come in. Oh, the better people feel, the more comfortable people feel, the more money they're going to spend. Oh, that's how you pay for this guy. The pro, oh, that's why you have a prep cook in order to have these food come out quicker. Oh, okay. Then the line gets separated by like grill people, sauce people, fry people. Got you, got you. Oh, front of the house service bartender. That's kind of interesting. And you learn all these little positions and stuff. And you're like, man, I see. And you put the, put the pieces together. You're like, oh, that's how you would operate. So I'm a pretty naturally curious guy. And uh, bussing tables, breakfast shifts, lunch shifts, dinner shifts, each thing kind of has like a different focus. Um, different points of emphasis and then as you're growing up or as you're working for any kind of business I guess opportunities come across and um, opportunities to become like a little bit of a prep cook hours man that's awesome back there listening to music you don't have to be um, as presentable <laughs> you get to wear just normal clothes shorts <laughs> t-shirt it's hot but you're around the food you know it's fun you're chopping up things you're learning you get to hop on the fryer here and there you're learning um, get a little older and now you can wait tables for breakfast and then you're waiting tables for breakfast and lunch you hit an age and now you're able to bring wine or beer or cocktails to people so now you get to be a um, dinner server or you get to be a cocktail waiter um, or man you can grab a bar shift or man you can work a banquet or oh you can set up banquets and work them and you wind up or at least I did becoming this like utility player where you know, you know how to host, you understand how to seat people, you understand what sections mean, you understand people's strengths um, as, a, as a worker and how to put them in a position to be successful. So naturally, and this is kind of merging, I don't know if I'm rushing these stories or not, but all this comes to a head when I uh, graduate high school. And what is the question that everybody wants answered when they're graduating high school? What are you going to do after high school? 
well, at this point I'd been working in restaurants for like four years and, uh, I'm like, man, I'm gonna go get a business degree. So get back from national guard, college is paid for, welcome myself into Dell tech, <laughs> 13th grade and, uh, start taking business classes. And that was when I really, really felt like, oh, I could do this. I could do this well. I remember it was um, accounting. Accounting is where it hit me. <laughs> so you've, I think most people grow up, you have a sense of what money is, right? And hey, when you make money, you add it. And when you lose money, you subtract it. And you keep records of this. And even as a waiter, you run a report and you get to see little breakdowns of, oh, I had this much in credit card sales. I had this much in cash sales. I had this much liquor. I had this much food. I had this many early birds. You can see how many steaks, how many chickens, how many salads, desserts. And you start seeing where your money comes from. You see the percentages. Uh, if you watch the manager checking people out, you know, you can start seeing where the totals come from and how they double check where the money's going. And then later on, you see how it relates to inventory on like monthly reports where I know this is really exciting, right? <laughs> but you're like, you know, you sell whatever 48 steak dinners. So you probably should order 48 steaks, right? You should have replaced those. Well, how come we're ordering like 55 steaks or 60 steaks? Like things getting voided, people um, messing up. Or are we doing shift meals? Like, what are we doing with this? Where is this going? So... I'm in accounting class and um, doing pretty well. I've taken some other business classes, listened to some other, um, I guess, former business people talking about uh, location, talking about marketing, talking about knowing your customer base, talking about you know, time is money, how um, you got to know what people want and get it to them in an effective way, in an efficient way, in a reproducible way. and that's why McDonald's, you know, a McDonald's burger is a McDonald's burger. There is no if, ands, or buts about it. That's, they have quality control. And when you own a business, the hardest part of expanding is maintaining that quality control. It's connected to your reputation and you get to the little nitty gritty marketing aspects. And I'm just like, man, this is, it's really neat. All these little pieces have to come together. And if you can juggle or put all these pieces together, you can be pretty successful because you're kind of in control of a lot of these decisions. So going back to accounting and um, they give a little different business scenarios and you read them and you try to figure out how to like, you know, help a company make more money. And I think the semester is wrapping up, so it's probably getting near to Christmas. And I don't know why it hit me, but out of nowhere, I was like, holy shit. If I'm going to do my job well, I'm going to have to pick numbers over people. <laughs> and I started thinking about the people that I'm working with. And, you know, like these are waiters and they're like, they're, they're great people. <laughs> like they'll do anything for you. Waiting tables is, especially in a busy session, is like going through a traumatic experience with people where you're bonded afterwards. <laughs> Like you're dependent on each other. You're in close proximity. You're touching each other, brushing, you're rushing through each other. You're competing, but helping each other. I mean, it's like, it can be real intense, man. You get slammed, you're in the weeds and you're looking for lifelines and you become this tight unit. And I'm like, am I really going to fire the lady that 
drinks Grand Marnier while she's serving breakfast to other people, which she like, you know, stealing shots because she thinks it's her cough medicine. I like, I noticed that. Am I going to fire that person a month out from Christmas? And what's, what's her kid going to do? What am I going to do with the, the, the line cook who's showing up a half hour late every day? I'm going to fire him or he's whatever cooking a steak for himself. And like, I got to go around and be like, dude, you don't get that steak. That's for the people who pay. You didn't pay. And like, I want to have that kind of adversarial relationship or I don't know, like the, the waiter's having a slow night and all of a sudden they don't whatever, or a bartender doesn't ring up the second cocktail. And you know, like, dude, you just pocketed that money. The people left it to you or they void it. And you're like, there's a lot of, I know there's a term for it, um, <laughs> but there's a lot of loss in restaurants, bars where people just take, man. Um, I remember we had this one chef who came in and he, we used to have bacon that you'd put your own bacon onto your breakfast plates when people had eggs. So you could like pick better bacon. If you liked people, you would give them the better slices of bacon. If um, you thought people were good tippers, maybe you kick them an extra, like a third slice of bacon. Or if you're just freaking walking around hungry and you got fresh bacon, man, you're freaking eating bacon like it's tortilla chips. Well, a dude came in and he did analysis and he's like, we lose like $1,200 a month in bacon. It's like no more free bacon. My man put the clamps on it, bacon in the back. No one can get bacon. Now we're having to ask the one line cook for bacon and they feel guilted. And I'm like, I don't know if I want that kind of animosity where I'm just stopping people. Or what if these people like refuse to stop eating bacon? <laughs> what if this lady refuses to stop taking Grand Marnier sips <laughs> to help her cough? <laughs> You know, or what if someone actually really does suck at their job and they're incompetent and they keep screwing up orders or they're not nice to people. And like, I have to sit you down and be like, you suck, you steal, you drink on the job, you're constantly late, you're belligerent, you're fired. And what does their family do? Man, I like picking those numbers, man, over people just really screwed with my mind. I, I couldn't couldn't see myself doing it. Um, so that led me to getting into teaching, <laughs> to reclassifying, um, just because I was so scared of, hey, you know, historically speaking, uh, fall nights are kind of slow during the week. So we're going to go down to one server. Um, can't have two servers on because then we have to pay for blah, 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 or don't really need two line cooks and two dishwashers. So we can have one line cook, one dishwasher, and the dishwasher can do the prep. And instead of hiring the prep cook, I will um, just pay the dishwasher two more dollars an hour. And that saves me. You're like, yeah, but the prep cook's been working here all year, you know, made it through a summer. What? He's sending money back home to El Salvador, man. My man's got like five kids. <laughs> like he's trying to get his family up here and we're just going to cut his hours like that. And that's tough. I don't know how, I don't know how business people do it and do it well. And I know there's a place for it. Um, you know, picking the numbers cause that's the point of a business is to make money. And I know people can balance that money making, I guess it wouldn't be greed, but just the, that desire to make a good living, which I am all about with, um, the desire to be people person and understanding, um, of people's flaws and helping people. And yeah, I think it was maybe 
9.30 at the morning in an accounting class at Dell Tech. I had a, an epiphany, a watershed moment reading a freaking case study. And I was like, I cannot do this. Reclassify, or is it reclassifying? <laughs> Pick another major. New major, it's going to be a teacher. I uh, figured I didn't know what I was going to teach. And actually I wound up, um, as my schedule had it, I had Tuesdays and Thursdays off. So I only had classes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Maybe it was the opposite. Maybe I had classes Tuesday, Thursday, not off Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Either way, I had two or three days open. I think it was two days. <laughs> and um, got hired at a little Christian school to teach gym two days a week. I'd actually, and um, wound up like volunteer coach in the youth basketball league. And dude, I loved it. It was just freaking fun to coach. So, and it was fun to teach gym and run around. And it was fun to, embrace kids and it's not like i mean you discipline them but you don't fire them when they screw up <laughs> you know like they're your kids you get to stick with them you get to pick people over numbers um and it just felt good it felt nice it felt like you got to still serve still had that relational aspect where you still you got to help people and it was funny i always looked at serving is like i was helping people i always tried to help people to have a better time a better night a better meal i i like really tried to um, anticipate what they wanted in an evening and um, how you could play a little role in it. And I feel like that transferred over to teaching. Um, yeah, so that is my teaching story. I honestly still haven't figured out how to wrap these pods up uh, as far as ending with, hope you like the story or, hey man, nice to meet you. Thanks for sharing your story. Or, hey, you know, it was nice getting to know you. If you made it this far, and if uh, I ever get this thing off the ground, feel free to kick me some comments on some uh, good wrap-up skills. Until the next time, or until the next guest, it was nice getting to know me. <laughs> I'd like to thank today's guest, Sean, for opening up, being vulnerable, and sharing a very sensitive story about himself. <laughs> also like to thank... Thank today's sponsor, Screwdrivers, for sponsoring the show. Make sure you go get yours out of the junk drawer, America. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Um, follow us, friend us, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Getting to know you, Pod. And I've now become an expert on the subject I...